Hi there, and welcome to Satisfied Self Podcast, a podcast for persistent women who are trying to kick butt at life by better understanding and conquering their struggles one day at a time. I'm Caitlin, and I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker in private practice in Boston, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Satisfied Self. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about self-worth. What is it? What do we base it off of? And how do we increase it? We all have a sense of self-worth and not surprisingly, people measure their sense of self-worth in a lot of different ways. I've worked with some young women in my practice who struggle with trying to untie their self-worth from things like their performance at their work or maybe their ability to maintain a relationship. When these things are going well for them, they they feel great. Uh, But when they begin to struggle in these areas, it means that their sense of self-worth also takes a tumble, which makes for some really tumultuous experiences. So so let's talk about self-worth. What is self-worth? Well, it is your, essentially your sense of value as a person. You'll often hear um, the term self-worth used interchangeably with the term self-esteem. However, there are some distinguishing nuances in the difference between these two ideas that I think are important to note. Um, So while self-worth is a sense of your own value or worth, self-esteem is instead focused on how we measure up against other people. So self-esteem is usually highly contingent on success, perceived appearance, and peer approval. Um, Maybe your rulers for measuring self-esteem are things like appearance and how it compares to appearance of others, um, job title, um, maybe who we know, maybe it's how much money we have in comparison to other people. Our society for a long time has been obsessed with self-esteem. When I was in grad school in my first year internship, I would have clients tell me that they wanted to increase their self-esteem as a a treatment goal. And my supervisor would ask me, what do they mean by self-esteem? The problem with self-esteem is that it focuses on measuring oneself against other people rather than paying attention to your own intrinsic value. Um, There's a lot of research that that has found that bullying actually is often the trigger for, uh, I'm sorry, bullying is often the search for higher self-esteem, that if I can feel more special or better than you, then then I'm okay, then I'm worth something. So the idea that self-worth versus self-esteem, the idea about self-worth versus self-esteem is that self-worth is less about measuring yourself based on external actions and more about valuing your inherent worth as a person, as a human being. More plainly said, self-worth is about who you are, not about what you do. I tell my clients all the time that you can always find someone richer, more attractive, with a better job, more friends, a better wardrobe, you name it. Even when we do manage to feel like we are the one who is that person, it's usually fleeting and our sense of self-esteem is taking for a roller coaster ride yet again when we realize that, you know, we can't hold that spot forever. So self-worth is more about intrinsic value while self-esteem is focused more externally. So what are the outcomes of using external measures like like we often do um, when we talk about self-esteem? Well, one study at the University of Michigan found that students who base their self-worth on external sources, like their academic performance or appearance or approval from peers, they were, those students reported more stress, anger, academic problems, and relationship conflicts. Um, they also um, had higher instances of substance use and more, more symptoms of eating disorders as well. 
That same study also found that students who instead base their self-worth off, off of intrinsic or internal sources, they felt better, they got higher grades, and they were less likely to use substances or to develop eating disorders. So what this research so shows us is that measuring ourselves against others or against external measures um, usually brings about some unwanted side effects. But if we measure ourselves using an internal measure, internal sources, we typically get better, healthier results. So how do you work towards developing a healthier, more intrinsic sense of self-worth? Well, the first place to start is by challenging that, that critical inner voice. So a key component of developing um, a good sense of self-worth is self-kindness. And I don't mean giving yourself blanket forgiveness and happy thoughts no matter what. Sometimes I think self, self-compassion or self-kindness can get a bad rap. But I mean holding the basic understanding that all people are imperfect and that all people have imperfect lives, even you. It's letting go of the idea that if you mess up, you are a failure and instead recognizing that to err is human. So the sense of self-worth that comes from being kind to yourself is much more stable over time than the sense of self-worth that comes from judging, just judging yourself positively. And that includes judging yourself against other people. Um, and a great side effect of engaging in self-compassion is that it, it actually enhances motivation. So it's not just that if you are, are kinder, more compassionate to yourself, that that you'll, you know, maybe have a small bump in self-worth. There are a lot of other positive side effects to this. With more um, self-compassion comes less of a fear of failure. Um, so basically when you're more passionate, compassionate with yourself, you create an environment where it's safe to fail. Um, and therefore it means it's okay to try again. And there was a study um, where helping people to be more self-compassionate about failure on a test um, they, they looked at what would happen later on um, when that person had a chance to take that test for a second time. And those people actually studied longer than people who were told not to be self-compassionate. Um, so there is, there is an environment that's created where it says, you know, if, if I'm kind and compassionate to myself, then the idea of failure is not so, so scary, so daunting, and that the, you know, the idea of trying again is, is okay. Um, and you feel actually motivated to do so um, instead of um, demotivated. Self-compassion also gives you the resources to see yourself kind of clearly um, beyond your own defenses so that you can more accurately, more accurately take responsibility um, for your own, you know, your own actions um, and apologize when necessary. It's not giving yourself blanket permission to... Um, do things and then and then forgive yourself for it, but it actually helps kind of get away some of that cloudiness and and allows you to really see see yourself for who you are and take responsibility for your actions um, and the the uh, outcomes of those actions. So it not only helps our self worth, but it helps us actually relate to others, um, kind of like the opposite of the struggle for self esteem. So interestingly, um, maybe not surprisingly though, women tend to be less self-compassionate than men. The women who subscribe to the idea that women should sacrifice for others, a pretty typical um, feminine stereotype, those women are the ones who suffer the most and have the hardest time letting themselves be human and make mistakes with forgiveness. So knowing that self-worth involves um, self-compassion and that it's something women struggle with, let's talk about how to work on that. Um, doing, 
you know, what it takes to build self-compassion um, and therefore bump up maybe a sense of self-worth. Um, Dr. Dan Siegel describes um, the COAL attitude, which means it's an acronym, C-O-A-L. It means being curious, open, and accepting and loving towards yourself and your experiences rather than self-critical. And he notes that there are three really important steps to um, practicing self-compassion. One is to acknowledge and notice suffering. So um, just just naming it and letting yourself kind of acknowledge that that's what's going on. Um, being kind and caring in response to suffering. And remembering that imperfection, like I said before, is a part of the human experience and it's actually something that we all share. Not one single person is fully perfect. We all have our imperfections. So using that cold attitude, that curious, open, accepting, and loving attitude and acknowledging and noticing your suffering, allowing yourself to be kind and, and caring in the response to your own suffering and keeping that idea that, that to err is human um, in the forefront of your mind um, really give you, gives you the tools um, to use to, to begin to practice self-compassion. And so now that you have those tools for self-compassion to work with, what else is there to do um, to increase self-worth? in addition to increasing self-compassion? Well, a few things have become clear, have become clear in research on self-worth. Um, Dr. Robert Firestone, a clinical psychologist, says that investing energy in transcendent goals and activities that extend beyond one's self-interest, for example, contributing to humanitarian cause or trying in some way to improve the future, uh, future generations, actually helps build a sense of self-worth. Essentially giving back through volunteering or some other way to do things for others um, in a way that feels like it's giving back can actually build self-worth. The focus can't be on giving to others to get something in return or to um, for some other benefit. Um, but if it's true altruism, giving, expecting nothing in return, it can help boost the intrinsic reserve of self-worth. And religion has also been shown um, to actually help boost self-worth. Um, they've seen that adolescents who are engaged in religion show higher measures of self-worth than those who aren't. So again, this, I think, comes back to the idea of engaging in transcendent goals and activities, kind of something beyond your own self-interest, something bigger than yourself. So being involved in something bigger than who you are, um, perhaps putting yourself in a greater t context can both be humbling and fulfilling. So if you're someone who's struggling with your sense of self-worth, I really encourage you to get a pulse on what your measurements are. If your self-worth is based on what you do for work or what clothes you wear or how much money you make, um, if that's the case for you, I would start to take stock of how you might begin to shift your focus more inward to those intrinsic measures as opposed to the extrinsic ones. So thanks for joining me this week on episode 17 of Satisfied Self Podcast. Uh, meet me back here next Friday for another episode. And in the meantime, I invite you to visit my website at satisfiedself.com to access more information and learn more about what Satisfied Self might have to offer you. And check me out on Instagram at satisfied underscore self. Thanks so much. And I'll see you here next week.